Welcome to Seeking Paradise, Reflections on Spirituality, Community and Justice. I want to talk about truth today. And I wonder, do we think, do we, li do we live in, in a particularly dishonest time? There's plenty of evidence we could point to, of course, about this, about things like politicians lying. But I tend to think every era has said our politicians are particularly dishonest. But every era has dishonest politicians. Donald Trump was perhaps a bit of an exceptional example, though. I saw something that said that on average he told 21 lies a day for every day of his four-year US presidency, which has to be some kind of record. But I do, I really wonder with someone like that, I really wonder, does he know he's lying? Does he know he's lying? Does he think in his own, his own mind, I'm now going to tell a lie because that will be good for me. That will help me to be able to tell a lie in this moment. It will make me look good. Or, you know, was he so caught up in a kind of egocentric way of operating that he actually did believe the things that were coming out of his mouth? That he believed, for example, in his uh, original inauguration, saying it was the biggest crowd that there ever was, which it wasn't. You know, did he believe it was? Because his ego told him it had to be true. Because his ego told him he was better than everyone else. He was the best, therefore it must be true that the inauguration crowd was the biggest crowd ever because that's, that's what the ego insists upon. And would facing a truth that it wasn't that, in a person like that creates such a crisis in the psyche that it just becomes unfaceable, unthinkable, that he believed these things because it would be too much of a personal crisis in his mind to not believe them, to, to, to face a truth, to face something that may be an uncomfortable truth. Now it's, it's, it's really easy, it's really easy for us to criticize someone like Trump because his ego-centered way of operating is so nakedly obvious. The harder truth, though, is, is, is the acknowledgement that the, exactly the same mechanisms are operating in me and in you. That we all like to be right. And that we all struggle to face truths that challenge our egos. American Unitarian Universalist Tom Owen Toll has written, in addition to finding truth, there is facing truth. An unremitting readiness to confront the facts can prove unsettling. There are truths we would rather ignore, truths about ourselves, 
our inherited assumptions, our backgrounds, our partners, even our cherished ideologies. But the mission of Unitarian Universalism remains to come together and fortified by the nudges and embraces of our companions to stand tall and face whatever harsh truths existence delivers. We're talking right now about truth, about speaking truth, hearing truth, facing truth. But I think it starts really within us. It starts with the ability to face our own truths, even those truths we would rather avoid. William Ellery Channing said, whatever you may suffer, speak the truth. Be worthy of the entire confidence of your associates. Consider what is right as what must be done. It is not necessary that you should keep your property or even your life, but it is necessary that you should hold fast your integrity. Integrity is a way of talking about truth that starts from within and guides us in our lives. It's the opposite of hypocrisy, where there's a mismatch in hypocrisy between words and actions, between the outside and the inside. And Jesus talks about this difference a lot. And his harshest words are for hypocrites. And he uses the image a lot of the inside and the outside matching up. These things have to, have to go together. New wine must be put in new wineskins. There's no point cleaning the outside of the cup if you're not going to clean the inside of the cup. Pointing again and again, the inside and the outside, if there's a mismatch, we're in trouble. Again and again to this sense of integrity. And this sense that transformation comes from within, from shifting our internal operating systems and from creating a consistent life within and without living truthfully. Some people get a bit of a head start in this process, particularly I think of queer people. In the process of coming out, get a bit of a head start in the work, the internal work of truth-telling. Queer people are forced to confront a truth about themselves that they might want to hide Coming out of the closet as a queer person means embracing an internal truth and being truthful about it to the world, even though it's always a bit uncomfortable. But this is something for everyone to practice, not just queer people. This is the process we all have to go through. Queer people just get a head start to know yourself. The truth of yourself including the uncomfortable bits, and to live that truth out in the world. Because the alternative is, is to build a kind of a cage of fear, of possibly aggression, a kind of a cage that, that protects falsehood, that protects the sense of the ego, to fight off any truth that challenges the fragile ego and ultimately to fight off reality itself. 
know, these are these are the seeds of violence. That that sense of protect protection, protecting the fragile ego, is where the violence comes from. The need to protect, esteem, respect, honor, reputation, success, superiority. These are the maladjusted coping mechanisms of the ego. And this is what leads people into violence. And yet also they're the very principles that the world is run by. They're the very principles by which most countries are run. I think this is why I feel so um, attached to living in Wales because I feel like England is, is still on this ego journey of wanting to prove it's the best country in the world. And there's actually something a bit exhausting and anxiety producing about a culture like that. You know, I can say this as an English person who's now living in Wales. Whereas I, I feel like Wales doesn't want to be, isn't setting about to prove it's being the best country in the world. I think it just wants to be a good country, a, a happy country, a, a functioning country, a country that functions well for its citizens. I think the culture of Wales, the political culture, is a lot less egotistical than the culture of England. I mean, look at the, you know, the language of, of in the pandemic that things that from England, that things had to be world beating. We have to have a world beating test and trace system or a world beating vaccine program. It's like, who cares if they're world beating? We want them to work. We just want these things to work and to save lives. Like, why isn't that the process? We want these things to work and to save lives. No, it has to be world-beating because England, England's political culture and the dysfunction of England's political culture is that it's very ego-driven. You know, integrity, spiritual integrity, comes ultimately from a place of acceptance, from a place of security, when you're secure in knowing who and what you are, then that's a place that you can operate confidently out of, facing truths and difficult truths. Once we're in a place of, of sureness, once we're in a place of knowing we are precious and beautiful and whole and unconditionally loved. Once we can be in a place of knowing our value and knowing and experiencing deeply that we are loved by God. Then we're in a place where we can go, oh yeah, there's some hard truths about myself. I can face of things that I've messed up, things that I've not done well, things that I'm not good at from a place of security. And we can face hard truths about ourselves, about our world, about our beliefs from that place. And it's not this just happens once, it's a kind of lifelong practice every day of doing this work. 
And that's why I'm so passionate about inviting people into practices of contemplation. Because in the practice of prayer, we can experience this absolute unconditional love. This source that is so grounding. And from that place of security, we can each day examine our lives and say, you know, what truths did the last 24 hours hold for me? I can sit in a place of prayer, in a place of daily prayer, know that I'm precious. And they say, what, what truths have emerged for me as I review what's happened in my life today? What are these truths teaching me, including about myself, including things I may not want to face, uncomfortable things. But I'm gonna sit and face these things. You know, Blaise Pascal said, all of humanity's problems come from an inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Because when we sit quietly in a room alone, the truths emerge and you have to deal with them. And we generally put energy into running away from them. So many of humanity's problems come from an inability to face truth, to live in a place of real honesty, a place of real truthfulness. I believe if people could learn to sit in a room alone, or with other people, but in a place of deep truthfulness and prayer in contemplation, you know, the world could be transformed. So many of our problems from dictators with nuclear weapons to, to, to violence in our streets, to conflict between family members comes from us running away from truth and not having the ability to be secure enough to face truth. If we can come to a place of security, of sureness, of knowing our belovedness as children of God and do the practice daily of facing truth, what a difference, what a difference that could make to the world.